Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. As I am always saying, being able to connect with other dads is so important. Being able to learn from other dads is so important, and but also being willing to put yourself out there and being willing to know when you need help and when you need to ask for help is also important too. And today we've got another great guest with us. Mike Zeller is with us. He's a father to a daughter, and we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about his new book called The Genius Within, Your Natural Pathway to Impact, Fulfillment, and Wealth, because there's some true connections here in this book that will make you think a little bit differently about the way that you parent, the way that you father, and we're going to be talking about that as well. So, Mike, thanks so much for being here today. Chris, thanks for having me on, my friend, and can't wait to dive in. And since we're talking about daughters and genius, I've already started paying attention to the clues that my six-month-old is leaving about what her genius might be. So can't wait to dive in. Well, I'm excited to talk to you as well. And what I always do when I first start out our conversations here is I want to turn the clock back in time. Now, your daughter is still young, so you won't have to turn the clock back as long as some other dads. But that being said, I want to turn the clock back in time because I know you said your daughter's six months old. So let's turn the clock back, let's say 18 months or maybe 20 months. And I want you to think back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. What was going through your head? Oh, crap. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to, uh, just being honest, uh, we were, it was a surprise baby. We thought uh, we were in safe zone. And my wife also battles a little bit of depression and, and things like that. And had, we had some traumas that we dealt with from really all the way back to 2018. And we got married in 2018 as well. I was at first, like I could go back to the moment that we uh, were making, you know, having sex and that day that we probably made the magic happen, I guess. And I can remember almost having this little divine download that, you know what, we might have made a baby. (laughs) And then a few months later or whatever it was, a few weeks later, we find out, oh yeah, she's pregnant. I just had this like nudge, almost like this, this feeling that, oh, something might have happened here. Well, now you so see you're six months in and you're, as you showed me a picture just a little bit ago of your daughter tasting snow for the very first time. So one of the things that I always think about is the fact that many dads tell me that, as you kind of said, oh, crap, right? Um, they, you know, and especially dads with daughters, there's a lot of dads that say to me, there's some fear. There's some fear that goes along with being a father to a daughter. So I always like to unpack that a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about what was or what is or has been the biggest fear that you've had thus far in raising a daughter. To be frank, I'm I'm like really excited about being a dad. Like I, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy it. And so as I think about the future, I don't – and now it's also part of my blessing and part of my curse – is I'm I'm an irrational optimist as an entrepreneur as a human being, and I don't have a whole lot of fear about the future. Now I did have a fear about pregnancy and being a dad and those things, and that you know as we move through it, I was like, ah, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. 
And for, fortunately, our daughter has been pretty easy. We, we don't have a nightmarish daughter. In the sense of sleeping and all that, she sleeps reasonably good and is not that fuzzy. But I guess the only thing that would come to mind is, like, will we use this as an excuse? Sometimes I see parents where they will use their children as an excuse not to pursue their dreams and to play small. So that's probably, and maybe more for my wife, that she might do that because versus like me but as a couple I, I want my, my wife's a brilliant writer the best writer I've ever met she needs to write a lot of novels and do music and I don't want her to give up on her talents just because she's wants to be a great mom I want her to win at both so let's talk a little bit about that because I think that some parents will set aside things for the for the child for their you know for being a, a a mom now that doesn't mean that they're said that they're giving up on their dreams but i know that in your professional life you mentor a lot of individuals and you work with a lot of individuals to help them to find that path for themselves so let's say that a father comes to you or that you're talking to a group of dads and you're saying to them and they're ta- and you're trying to talk to them about realizing the potential the dreams that they still have for themselves that they may have set aside while they've been a stay-at-home dad or that they, you know, they're, they're putting other priorities on other places, but now they're willing to take that next step. What are some of the steps? What are some of the things that you do to be able to help those individuals to see the path ahead of them? First thing I would do is I typically ask them, hey, what do you really want in life? As leaders, creators, when we get really clear on what we want and then we look at there's often stories of limitation that are handcuffing us it's literal it's subconscious handcuffs that cause us to play small so what i'll do is i'll unpack some of those for example i just talked with a guy yesterday him and his wife they have two kids and they were moving into a new house like have this big renovation project going on and he connects with me for our e-commerce mastermind and this back in you know mid-September and literally he had two days to decide like the event was in two days and he and his, he knew his wife was going to be furious or frustrated at him for going because he's going to fly out be gone for three days I was like but I was like Jason is your wife going to be happy yes she can you know this is frustrating you got to navigate it as best you can with your spouse but what are, what are your broader dreams as a couple so we figured out their broader dreams as a couple. He, she wants to be retired from her job and be a stay-at-home mom. And he wants to make enough money to be able to provide that. I was like, how are you going to get that if you don't take the leap? If you don't take the leap and put yourself in proximity of others that are doing what you want to do and that you don't learn the strategies and the tools. And I'm offering you a chance right now. It's inconvenient temporarily. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I got to do it. And, you know, a couple hours later, he confirms. He's like, I'm in. I'll make it work. And he flies out. Boom. Has a, a beautiful weekend. Learns a lot. Goes back home. Sets a record. Shatters his, his income goals for the fourth quarter. Uh, now he now it is actually already financially feasible for him to retire his wife in three months. Because he learned the tools, the tactics, the strategy. Took some financial investment. Took some time investment. Sometimes we get a... In pursuing our long-term goals, we got to get past short-term inconveniences. 
and and so I, I look at that with my wife uh, like you know right now I'm helping her write her book her first novel and I'm like babe all right it's Saturdays get out in the morning you go write for two or three hours have some space that were in the evenings things like that so I'm finding that leverage we have excuses and stories of limitation that that are often short-term things that hold us back from achieving the longer-term things and usually the longer-term things they're going to require some discomfort you know there's three zones there's the comfort zone discomfort zone and zone of paralysis the magic happens in the discomfort zone and we got to learn to live there even as a couple and family that's not always an easy thing i mean living in discomfort is not i think is a lot of times innately the opposite of what we're taught to do in trying to be living in that comfort zone so I guess one question that I would throw your way is the fact that how do we get out of that? How do we get out of that programming that we may have had from early on, from, you know, growing up and being taught that we should be looking to try to find that comfort zone and live in that comfort zone and not in the discomfort zone? Well, it depends on what you seek because what you seek, you shall find, right? If you want to be a high growth individual, what I find is, is high-growth individuals, they get comfortable living in the discomfort zone and they, they have to embrace that. So it's, it's like you have to flip the, the paradigm of the meaning and the attachment. And this is psychologically like I'm a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, which is the same skill set Tony Robbins has. And so when you're looking at the discomfort, you have to say, all right, what if I could be like Pavlov's dog and salivate and get excited at the discomfort that I'm about to experience and be pumped up. Like you think of a Michael Jordan at you know the big football game, Tom Brady at the Super Bowl. He's they're not they're not collapsing. They're excited, even though they're on biggest stage and they they could embarrass themselves and they could flop and they could throw an interception or they could miss a slam dunk or whatever, right? So you got to have. Have flip the mentality and the meaning and attachment and what you can do is you can say alright comfort zone it, 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 the metaphor I use is if you're in your comfort zone it's like you're becoming a couch potato you're getting fat and lazy you're just you're just going to do that either mentally emotionally physically whatever discomfort zone you're you're challenging yourself you're growing you're stretching you feel alive we were just talking about our daughters in the early years of life especially you know year zero to six they're enthralled with every new thing. It's exciting to learn. It's exciting to grow. Even as, but as adults, like we feel so alive when we're learning and growing. But if I'm in the comfort zone, I'm not learning and growing. I'm just recycling. And so I made a decision in my early 20s that I'm like, I'm going to catapult myself over and over and over into the discomfort zone and learn to live there. I love that. I think that there's a lot of parallels there to what we want in our own lives as fathers, as our own lives as parents. And while it is not easy, and it's not always easy to be a dad too, uh, but when you put yourself out there, when you push yourself, when you're willing to push your kids and help them to be able to do the things that Mike just said, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there for growth, not only personally, but also professionally and beyond. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, you've got a new book and we may have already been pulling some things from the book too, but the book is called The Genius Within, Your Natural Pathway to Impact, Fulfillment and Wealth. And in that book, I know that there's 
there's a lot of nuggets that you go into. But I think first and foremost, before we get into those those that, that those nuggets, those kernels of information that that I want to make sure that people understand so that they can go and check this book out. I guess first and foremost, talk to me about the impetus. What was it that made you decide you wanted to take this concept and put this into this type of format to put out into the world to help others? So over the years, even before I left like some of the businesses I was a part of, and I was just recreationally mentoring people, it's just part of my ethos is like, I can't give the same advice to everyone. It's just not like sometimes you see in programs, it's like uh, everyone is kind of told same blueprint, same coaching or whatever. I was like, you know what? And I've experienced other forms of coaching. When I was in real estate, I did Tom Ferry coaching. I did other forms of coaching. And I was like, you know what? This doesn't work for me. It's not, I just feel like I'm going to shoot myself in the head if I keep doing this. <laughs> it was just driving me nuts. It was not fun and fulfilling versus others like, yeah, I'm a machine and they just go at it. Well, so as people are asking me, hey, Mike, what do I do in my next step? How do I grow my business? How do I find what I'm really meant to do? Or what do I do next after I'm leaving a corporate career or I'm tired of this business, I'm ready to do something else? Like, you know what? I've got to be able to, I feel like there's clues. I've got to be able to help people find the clues for what they want to do and for what they're meant to do. Because I believe in aligned abundance, that if we find alignment with who we are, how we're made, what our unique purpose is, we will find fulfillment, impact, and wealth. And I found that the clues are littered about our lives in four main areas. First area, your unique talents. And I have people go through five different personality tests and they get the most clues they've ever gotten about their strengths and their weaknesses. Okay, but that only tells you part of the puzzle. So I have them do like Wealth Dynamics, Strengths Finder, Myers-Briggs, Disc Profile, and Enneagram, Colby Index as well as a bonus as well. Then after they take that, you get all the clues. The goal is to get all the clues on one table because then patterns start popping like popcorn. Or like if you've read Jim Collins' books, he gathers all the data of these companies. What made the companies go from good to great? Well, when you get the data, you can start seeing the patterns. They just start emerging. So get all the data around your talents and your weaknesses. Second, get the data and accumulate the clues around your relationships. Like who are you naturally drawn to? Who do you love hanging out with and who, who do you like oh man i i don't like to hang out with bankers for example or lawyers that much <laughs> so that but i love hanging out with socially minded entrepreneurs mystical entrepreneurs like e-commerce etc thought leaders i i noticed when i did this i was like why do i have all these best or great friends that are best-selling authors and i don't even have a book out that was a clue and I love being around them versus all my real estate guys. I was in the real estate industry and I was kicking butt in the real estate industry. But you know what? That wasn't fulfilling for me. Next piece, you're defining, it's your defining life experiences. And you look at a guy like Theodore Roosevelt. Do you know the story about Theodore Roosevelt in his early days? Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody? So I love reading biographies and books, as I mentioned before. But Theodore, he battled, he struggles with asthma, right? He's a weakling. He's considered a weakling by his, even his parents, right? He's like, I'm not going to be a weakling. I'm going to overcome it. So he goes out in nature and he learns to horseback ride and just fights through the asthma, eventually overcomes it and becomes strong as an ox, you know, even weightlifted in the 1800s. Then, age 22, his wife gives birth to their daughter but dies in childbirth. 24 hours later, his mom dies. So the two most important women in his life die in 24 hours. 22-year-old man grieving. He had already lost his father to cancer. 
when he was fighting against corruption in New York City, which was another clue. All right. Then he goes off to North, South Dakota. Goes off to South Dakota, North Dakota, and hunts for like six months and grieves and heals his soul, but just lives out in the wilderness. Falls deeper in love with nature. Comes back, eventually becomes New York City police chief, rails against the corruption there. Eventually becomes governor of New York, rails against corruption. Eventually, they they were like, hey, how can we keep Teddy Roosevelt from doing any damage in politics? Let's make him vice president. But then the president of the U.S. dies six weeks into office. Shortest term ever. And Theodore is now the president of the U.S. And then, of course, is reelected. And what's he doing? He establishes more national parks than anyone else in history as a president. He also creates, he has the boldness and the gumption and the courage thanks to all the obstacles he had to overcome in his life to take on the massive, like we think, you know, Microsoft was a monopoly or Apple's a monopoly. Back then, Standard Oil, their GDP was almost the equivalent of the U.S. economy alone. So, <laughs> so these companies were massive, and he breaks up the monopolies and creates the first anti-monopoly laws. So, life experiences, your defined life moments—they're all there. Your messes become your uh, your message. All those things, your breakdowns become your breakthroughs. And the last thing is your values and passions. What do you stand for? What do you stand against? And what are you just naturally curious about? That's a clue that is when you're naturally curious about something, and you couple it with your strengths. Guess what? You're more likely to. You're about 200% more likely to step in flow, flow state, flow psychological state. When you're in flow state, you're 500% more productive. So no wonder you can just absolutely kick butt when you're aligned and dialed in around your zone of genius. One other thing that I noticed with the book was that you talk a bit about perfectionism and procrastination as the evil twin sisters of great parenting. And I found that to be really interesting because I think that a lot of times parents will look to at other parents and they'll think I'm not enough or they'll look at other people and what they're doing with their kids and say they know what they're doing and I'm not able to be the best parent that I can be. And sometimes that perfectionism leads to procrastination in the sense of things that they know that they need to do to be able to, to make make adjustments. So talk to me a little bit about this concept of here is better than perfect and how you found, either even in your own life, how that's related to yourself as a father and how as parents we can work to be able to overcome that. Overall in our lives, when we succumb to pr- procrastination, we end up handcuffing our progress And it can be like in learning to be a better parent or learning to be a better spouse. Like I've, you know, my wife, as I mentioned, has mental health battles and then COVID and pandemic stuff, plus depression or postpartum depression, all those things, man, it's exacerbated. And so do I understand enough in my therapist? No, I'm not uh, any of that. But I started studying and I started learning, hey, what does she need? I started, I read the book Healing Trauma. I've read other books around that started studying this more and just making progress and recognizing and even helping her recognize hey we gotta we're not gonna be perfect parents but we can make progress and we can intentionally be great and then when we're working with our daughter and loving on her and tuning her on she's only six months old but you know what i mean you think about our children at the beginning of their life when sonnet starts walking and she stumbles and falls what do we do We praise progress. We don't kick her and say, hey, stupid girl, you stumbled and fell. You didn't walk perfectly. No, because she's a baby. She's just learning how to walk. Well, everything in life is like that. But when we 
the the problem is is the school system in our industrial age culture it almost programs us not to screw up it's obsessed with catching us doing things wrong in fact i read the study astronauts in 1968 were found to be less creative than four and five year olds four and five year olds scored in 90 in the 98% of them scored at the genius level of creativity versus astronauts it was like at like 3% or something according to a 1968 study i read in stephen kotler's book uh, the art of impossible and it's because you look at how how like when we look at procrastination and perfectionism it's the fear of screwing up and when you look at our school systems and the way we teach it's often teaching people to screw up instead of like Sarah Blakely her one of the world's wealthiest women her dad at dinner used to ask her one one thing her and her brother one thing every day would ask what did you fail at today all right so flipping it to obsession with progress but acceptance with imperfection. And so my obsession is like how do I make 80% improvement on XYZ? If I'm doing this and I'm doing that or I'm being a dad or I'm whatever. And I want that for my daughter too. I want her to feel free to experiment to fail and treating failing as a learning experience and being okay. And then what will happen is the obsession with perfectionism will dissipate and she'll be able to move forward. So and it's one of the most valuable mentalities you can possibly have because now like I've started 16 plus businesses I've failed at more than I've succeeded at but I have more decades of learning in a single decade than most people have no I love that and I think that the, all of us have to understand that we're going to fail we're going to end up falling and we're going to have to pick ourselves up we're going to have to do the same to support our kids in their lives and help them along the way because you know, if we're doing things right, they are going to fail. When when you when you talked about um, the story of the woman that you just mentioned, I do remember the story now, and I remember that, and I do remember that what because I, I heard an interview once with her, and and she said that her father actually got very upset with her and her siblings if they came to the table and didn't have something that they failed at. That they got in trouble if they hadn't failed that day. And so she had to flip the switch, right? And change the way that she was thinking. In her world, it was flipped. But for many of us, that's not the way that we're, we're raised. We're not raised to think that way. We're raised, and we a lot of times push our kids the opposite way. And, but it's an interesting way of thinking. It's an interesting way of challenging not only ourselves, to challenge our kids in a different way, but also challenge ourselves to challenge ourselves in a different way too. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions that delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. In one word, what is fatherhood? Strength. Now, when was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father? To a daughter. I feel successful when I get her to sleep when she's supposed to go to sleep. <laughs> I feel successful when she's still alive, when my wife empowers me to watch her and she comes home and she's reasonably happy. <laughs> I feel successful when I get her to take a bite of a, a mushed up banana and when I put the diaper on right. <laughs> so I have a lot of little wins, and I'm I'm okay with that. Little wins are great. Now, let's go a few years down the road. Your daughter's talking, 
If I was to ask your daughter, how would you want her to describe you as a dad? Tender, fun, strong, disciplined, calls out my best. And who inspires you to be a better dad? Talking to guys like you who help me reflect on these questions. Guys that are further along than I would be, or I am. Think of guys like Tom Brady from afar of like just, you know what, he's, he kicks butt in his craft, but you can tell that his family and his children are very important. Um, and he's, I, I would call it conscious, conscious parenting, where you're connected. Like I have another couple that I'm friends with, um, they're into heart intelligence, and they teach on that, Madalena and Chris. They're very conscious. They've done a lot of work in, in that arena. I'm always gleaning stuff from other dads, and I see the sacrifice some of them make. And, the you know, like my buddy Aaron Kovac, his daughter had a cancer and nearly died, had brain cancer. And, you know, he just did whatever he could for a number of years to provide, to help survive, had to radically pivot in his business, all those things. And so I love the way he showed up for her and for his family. Now, you've given a lot of piece of advice today, but in finishing up today, what, what's one piece of advice you want to leave with all dads? When you show up for yourself and for your wife or significant other and your daughter and how you treat your daughter's mother also, when I think about how I treat her, it's going to create the standard of how she expects to be treated subconsciously. And so I want to be very, very conscious of just loving on and supporting my wife and also calling her to not, I think women, I've noticed, I coach a lot of women entrepreneurs as well. And many of them just sacrifice and sacrifice and, sa- and sacrifice and put themselves last. And then they have a lot of boundaries and healing and resentment around that. And so for me as a man, I want to be a conscious husband and parent, show up for myself, but also show up for my wife and have her show up for herself so that she sets the example for her, dad, or for her daughter. Now, if people want to find out more about you or about your book, where should they go? I've got Genius Within. It's free at geniuswithinbook.com. And then you can also text me at 474747, the word genius you, and you will get a link to the six steps to finding your genius for free, which is a little mini ebook. And then go to mikezeller.com. And I'm also on all the social platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at the Mike Zell. Well, Mike, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing all the pearls of wisdom that you've been sharing with us today. I wish you the best as you are having a blast with your daughter and and I look forward to hearing more about your story of the two of you as time goes on. Pleasure, Chris. Pleasure being on and look forward to learning and connecting more. And it's been a fun journey already as a dad of a wonderful daughter. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out. 
at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be